In today's brief, we'll talk about air superiority, Putin's isolation, and the Baltic Way. I'm Linnea, and today is Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023. You're listening to the Ukraine War Brief podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the war in Ukraine in about 20 minutes or less. Let's get started with the news in Ukraine from the front. The General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, or GSAFU, reported that Ukrainian forces destroyed 12 tanks, 14 armored personnel vehicles, or APVs, 19 artillery systems, and 460 Russian troops on August 20th. 410 Russian personnel were, quote, liquidated on August 21st, along with four tanks and an impressive 27 APVs and 31 artillery systems. Repeated Ukrainian strikes well behind the front lines have been degrading the morale of Russian troops, according to the Institute for the Study of War, or ISW, threatening the stability of Russian defense forces in a number of critical areas of the front, and with the potential to cause panic that could quickly spread among Russian frontline units. The Russian infospace isn't thrilled about it either, and it's sparking criticism of Russian military command. In the Eastern Theater of Operations, Ukrainian forces liberated three square kilometers near Bakhmut in Donetsk Oblast over the past week. Deputy Defense Minister Hanna Malyar reported that the AFU has regained 43 square kilometers in the area since the counteroffensive started, and forces are continuing to advance on Bakhmut's southern flank. Russian forces attempted advances near Klishivka, Marinka, and Novomikhailivka, all in Donetsk Oblast, but were unsuccessful. In the Southern Theater of Operations, Deputy Minister Malyar reported that the AFU have advanced to the southeast of Robotine, in Zaporizhia Oblast, and intense combat action is currently ongoing. Russian forces tried to retake positions to the east of Robotine, but failed. The United Kingdom Ministry of Defense, or MOD, reported on the 21st that Russia is very likely to create a new military formation in an effort to, quote, free up more experienced units to fight on key axes, end quote. The formation, the 18th Combined Arms Army, will most likely be made up of units currently operating in Kherson Oblast, such as the 22nd Army Corps, which, fun fact, normally makes up the Russian garrison in occupied Crimea, and will probably consist primarily of mobilized personnel focused on defensive security operations in the southern region of Ukraine. Some assessment... These would be static defense troops of questionable quality, made up of MOBICs who are virtually worthless as offensive troops. They will be, in essence, placeholders, meant to take up space and provide at least a minimal defense should Ukraine decide to press an attack in the Kherson area. They would be considered disposable. I mean, more so than other Russian troops. And the hope would be that their mere presence would slow down an attack long enough for Russia to redeploy more capable troops. So, basically, human speed bumps. This would be an area to watch. On the home front, Russian forces struck the city of Kupyansk in Kharkiv Oblast with artillery several times on the afternoon of August 20th, damaging cars in the office of a delivery company. Kharkiv Oblast Governor Ole Sinyubov reported that 11 people were injured, seven of whom were in critical condition. Two civilians were killed in Russian shelling on Kozatsky in Kherson Oblast on the 20th that struck a house in a residential area. Ukraine's security service seized over a billion hryvnias, that's roughly 27 million U.S. dollars, worth of restaurants, hotels, 
shopping malls and other properties belonging, well, I guess previously belonging to Russian MOD official Colonel General Valery Kapushin. Back in April 2022, Ukraine's State Bureau of Investigations found that Kapushin was involved in money laundering in Ukraine. Speaking of fraud, let's talk about the Russian Federation and effectively occupied Belarus. According to Bloomberg, hardline members of Russia's security apparatus want current Minister of Defense and pretend General Sergei Shoigu and Chief of the General Staff Valery Gerasimov dismissed and are advocating for full-scale mobilization and martial law, though there is no indication that Russian President-slash-dictator Vladimir Putin will do any of those things. Do you remember the drone attack on the Salty airbase in Novgorod region on Saturday? The one that absolutely demolished a Tu-22M3 strategic bomber? Well, according to the Russian MOD, a copter-type drone was used for the attack, meaning it had to have been launched from somewhere near the airfield. The maximum known range of quadcopter drones is around 15 kilometers, a far cry from the 660-odd kilometer distance between the Salty airbase and the border with Ukraine. Generally speaking, one would expect a security battalion would be patrolling the airfield and seeking out saboteurs, making a strike like this nearly impossible. It seems, however, that the security battalion was sent to the front lines in Ukraine, according to Russian mill blogger Fighter Bomber. Some quick assessment. If that's true, it points to Russia's desperate need for manpower on the front and the vulnerability of military assets deep within Russian territory. If you're enjoying the episode, please rate us and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to reach out to us via email at social at borlingen.media. That's B-O-R-L-I-N-G-O-N dot media. Let's talk about the news worldwide. Putin has decided not to call South Africa's bluff and is absent from the BRICS summit in Johannesburg. While the South African government had announced that it would honor the International Criminal Court, or ICC, warrant for Putin's arrest should he attend, the Kremlin had previously implied that the ICC warrant would not prevent his attendance. Putin has participated in the summit remotely so far. Some analysts assess that his decision not to attend in person could also be influenced by political uncertainty in Moscow. Once viewed as a major player internationally, Putin's world has gotten very small over the past year and a half. On August 23, 1989, approximately 2 million people joined hands to form a human chain spanning 690 kilometers across the Baltic states, that's Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania, as a show of unity and desire for independence. For context, the Baltic states were occupied by the Soviet Union at the time, and the total combined population of the Baltic states was about 8 million people which means an entire quarter of the population participated. Tomorrow is the 34th anniversary of the so-called Chain of Freedom, or Baltic Way, so a special hello to all our friends and colleagues in the Baltics. Now let's get into military tech. Denmark has joined the F-16 club. Danish Prime Minister Mette Fredriksen announced at a joint press conference with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky that Denmark would join the Netherlands in supplying F-16 fighter jets to Ukraine, pledging to deliver 19 F-16s, 
bringing the total number promised to Ukraine to 61. Quote, air superiority is the key to success on the ground, end quote, according to Ukrainian Air Force Command spokesperson Yuri Ignat, stating that there are eight or nine Russian fighters in the occupied territories that are launching guided aerial bombs and missiles at Ukrainian cities and troop positions, and that Western F-16 fighters would give Ukraine that much-needed air superiority. Ignat added that Ukraine needs 128 new fighter jets to achieve air superiority and to replace old aircraft. Ukrainian pilots are currently training to operate F-16s. Newer pilots who graduated from Ukraine's National Aviation University in 2023 are training in the UK, receiving mainly basic training and an in-depth English course, while more experienced pilots with significant combat experience are training in Sweden. The Ukrainian MOD is working on a draft for a law creating a military police, a military formation whose tasks, similar to military police in many Western militaries, would include combating war crimes and ensuring discipline among personnel in the AFU, the MOD, and the State Transport Special Service. That's the brief for today. Remember to check your sources and don't fall for propaganda. Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news reports. And please consider supporting our work on Substack. You'll find the links in the description. We'll be back tomorrow with more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone.